And let's just celebrate with all those people from last week. That's pretty cool. That's just awesome that those people wanted to go public um, with the inward decision that they made about Jesus Christ. And um, today we're continuing our 5G series, and we're going to be talking about gathering. But before we do that, we have one more celebration. It was already hinted at. Um, How many of you parents are excited about your kids going back to school this week? (laughs) Well, if you are a teacher a uh, middle schooler, high schooler, a college student, or a parent, let's just go ahead and stand up and give everybody applause for that. So come on. I know there's a lot out there. (laughs) Neat. Well, awesome. Well, stay standing for just a second. What we want to do is let's pray for all these people because, I mean, this is something that impacts all of our lives. And so let me pray for everybody uh, that we would have a great kickoff of another school year. So let's pray. Father, I just thank you for who you are and what you are doing in our lives. And I just thank you for each person here, all the teachers, all the students, all the parents, God. Uh, School can be stressful. School can be fun. And uh, there are just a lot of things that are going on in our minds uh, probably today. So, Lord, would you ease every single person's mind? Uh, Would you just help them as they uh, begin another school year uh, today? Thank you for each person here, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. You can be seated. Well, uh, this past week I was talking to uh, one of our friends, and she was really excited about going back to school, or at least her kids going back to school. And um, she asked me, can't you wait for Audrey to be, like, on the school bus? I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, if you don't know, Audrey's, like, 11 months. So I am not... I am not ready for her to go on the school bus, especially, you know, it's like that father protection mode comes back on. It's like, okay, she's 11 months. No, I don't want her going to school yet. Um, But it's kind of interesting because that got me thinking about school this week. And, um, you know, I remember the first time I went to school, and I think maybe all of you did, um, I remember my mom talking up kindergarten that week, and we went and got our school supplies and everything. And... uh, you know, I remember the first day, we only lived like a block away from the elementary school. So she walked me to school, and back then, you know, we didn't have like meet your teacher before you got there or see where your classroom's at, so it's like you're just walking around and, you know, trying to find out where you're going and everything. And so she drops me off at my, uh, you know, classroom, meet my teacher, things are going great and stuff. I'm introduced to that like cubby hole thing, you know, for the first time where you can put your lunch box, and, you know, we didn't have our names on there, you know, back then it was just put it wherever you want. But anyways, I remember this moment. All of a sudden, I looked into like this sea of chaos as I turned around the corner. There's like, you know, kids screaming. There's like fire. There's like, you know, commotion <laughs> and noise. No, I'm just kidding. There wasn't fire. But, um, you know, there was a moment, though, uh, that kind of was a little dramatic for me. I sit down at my seat, and I'm like, wow, okay, I kind of feel a little lonely. And, uh, but it didn't last long because here's this kid right next to me and we start talking and we start hitting it off and everything. But, you know, that was just kind of interesting because we all, you know, kind of have moments where we don't like to be alone, right? Like we don't like to be isolated. We don't be, like to be left out. And uh, maybe you remember this from school. You remember those popular kids who were like, you know, had the latest Nike shoes or the latest clothing or the latest... Uh, you know, video game or something like that. And we all wanted to be like them, but we weren't really like them. And we kind of felt left out, though. And so we would go home, right? We'd go home and ask our parents maybe, um, hey, mom, dad, 
could you get me some Nike shoes? Like, everybody's got them. Would you get me some Nike shoes? And, you know, if you were fortunate enough, maybe your birthday, like, fell along, like, during the school year, and uh, that birthday came, and you would go and check out the presents, and all of a sudden, there's this present that kind of looks like a shoebox, and you would get really excited. It's like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe they got them. You know, and so you open up this present and you pull them out and they look like those Nike shoes and all of a sudden you read it's Eakin. And it's like, what? Eakin? Like Nike spelt backwards. Yeah. It's like, no, don't do that. Because if I go to school and wear those things, I'm going to get made fun of. And sure enough, you know, you'd go to school and uh, you'd get made fun of. But that's okay, you know. But again, you know, we don't like to be left out. You know, we don't like to be feeling lonely or anything. And maybe as adults, you remember, um, you graduate from college, you come home, and uh, uh, you think, okay, I've got my degree and everything. I'm ready to get into the workforce. And all of a sudden, you come home, and there's no job, you know? And all of your friends who are at college aren't there anymore. Or maybe uh, all of your high school friends, they're no longer there as well. And it's just kind of like, okay, what do I do? I'm kind of hanging out with my parents, and that's it right? Okay, that's not a great thing. Or maybe it's like when you finally do get that first job, and uh, you are all excited about your first job. It's like your dream job and everything, and you go to work, and you work really hard, and you come home, and you eat dinner, and you have a couple hours uh, left, and then you go to bed because you got to get up really early, and you go to work, and you're pumped again. You work all day. You come home, and it's supper, and you have a couple hours, and then you go to sleep, And the next day, it just keeps going and going and going and never ends, right? And uh, you come home, and you just kind of feel like, wow, okay, what is there to life? I'm kind of feeling a little lonely here. Or maybe it's like we've all experienced, um, you know, where we have had a breakup or maybe even a divorce or something like that. And, um, you know, all the friends that we would have in the same circles, all of a sudden, they were kind of his friends. Or maybe they were her friends, And um, all of a sudden, we realize that nobody knows how to kind of really interact with us because they just don't know what's going on, and they don't know how to interact. And so we feel kind of isolated. We kind of feel a little bit like we're left on our own, and we've got to start something new. And, um, you know, as I've wrestled with that in moments of being lonely or struggling with uh, being isolated, you know, it's not fun. And uh, I bet you feel the same way. And uh, one thing is that God has never intended for us to be in isolation. And maybe that's a new thought for you, and it's like, really? Well, yeah, really. And, um, you know, he's been working for all of eternity to bring us out or to draw us out of isolation and to really be able to connect. Because there's that desire that we all have, right? We have this desire to really connect with people. For some reason, no matter how much we can't stand people, like, we want to connect. We want to be known by somebody else. And so today, we're going to be checking out this very issue that uh, God wants us to know about. And he addresses this issue in the Bible of, wow, how does he draw us out of isolation? So, if you would, um, there's a Bible that you have out there. I want you to turn to Acts 2, 42 through 47. And it's on page 832, and um, as you turn with me there, I want to give you a little bit of background information, because here's this major event. So we're going to be looking at Jerusalem, 
and uh, it's just 50 days after Jesus Christ uh, died on the cross and he rose from the dead. And uh, if you're in Jerusalem, you've been hearing reports for 40 days after he uh, died and rose from the dead that, wow, somebody has seen Jesus there. Maybe somebody did see Jesus over there. Like, what is going on? And then all of a sudden, uh, on the 40th day, Jesus comes to his disciples and he says, you know what? You remember the Holy Spirit I talked to you about? I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you in 10 days. So when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to come and live in you. And so you're not going to be alone. Like, I know I was with you, but now I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And when he comes in 10 days, like, it's going to be loud. And so at the same time, um, on this 50th day, there's this huge festival going on in Jerusalem. And uh, it's called the Festival of Weeks. And all the Jewish people... Uh, who were scattered in all these different countries, were supposed to come to this festival every year because it was an annual festival to celebrate the end of the harvest, to give thanks to God for providing again for another year of harvest. And so here's all these people in Jerusalem. It's the 50th day, and all of a sudden um, there's this loud noise, there's this wind, and everybody hears it. And they go rushing to find out what's going on in Jerusalem. And here's the 12 disciples. And they start talking out loud. And uh, everybody's like, now wait a second. I can hear them in my own language. That's really weird. What's going on here? And uh, they don't know my language. Some of them knew who these guys were. And it's like, how do they know my language? And uh, Peter, one of the disciples, gets really bold. And he stands up. And he says to this huge crowd, he says, what you're seeing today is the Holy Spirit be has been given to us. And um, let me tell you about Jesus. And Jesus is that long-awaited Messiah that we've been waiting for. And so he goes into the scriptures. He shows them how Jesus is the fulfillment of the long-awaited Messiah. And 3,000 people that day uh, put their faith in Jesus Christ. And we know that because they go and get baptized to say, hey, here's this internal commitment that I've made, and I want to publicly profess what I now believe. And so all of a sudden, here is the very beginning of the church. And so let's pick up um, in Acts 2.42. Let's see what this brand new church decides to do next. And verse 42, it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. So here's 3,000 people who have put their faith in Jesus Christ. They're from all over the known world. They're starting to learn from the disciples who Jesus is even more, what God has in store for them. They're talking about one another um, in terms of okay, do you understand that scripture? And they're listening to one another and they're really working through all these things and grappling with them and because they're wanting to find out more about God. And so they start to find out because then they start to celebrate the Lord's Supper. If you see that in verse 42, they start to come together and they remember, okay, Jesus said to do this. All right, we're going to remember what he did for us on the cross and we're going to start praying together. But there's one thing that I don't want you to miss uh, in this passage, which is just very, very important, uh, because it's this one action that they took that's going to unfold um, what we're going to find out today. And so if you would look with me in verse 42, 
that simple little phrase, the action is, they devoted themselves. So let's say that together. They, yeah, they made this commitment. They've locked in, laser focused to being devoted to one another to find out all these things so that they could be together in community. And so that's just a huge thing that we all need to know. They made that commitment. They devoted themselves to finding out about God. So let's continue in verse 43. And this verse kind of zooms out. So be with me. It's kind of big macro level. Um, we're out here. And uh, we're now we're looking at the reaction of everyone in Jerusalem. It says in verse 43, A deep sense of awe or fear came over them all. And the apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonders. So remember, everyone is in Jerusalem. Fifty days ago, they see Jesus die. And now for 40 days, they've been hearing all this uh, commotion of, you know, I've seen Jesus there, or maybe this person saw Jesus, or something like that. And so they're kind of wondering, wow, now all of a sudden these disciples, they've got this promised Holy Spirit. Uh, these 3,000 people who were here for this uh, festival have the Holy Spirit as well. Um, you know what? Maybe, just maybe, that, that Jesus was really the Messiah. And uh, I'm a little scared right now because I'm kind of the person who was against Jesus, and I'm kind of feeling a little isolated because, all right, if these people are for God and I'm not for God because I rejected Jesus, what might God do to me? And so we're going to pause here because that's kind of a second little subplot that's developing here. So keep that in mind as we uh, continue on. So let's pick up our main story in verse 44. So hold tight because we're going to see something pretty unique right here. In verse 44, it says, And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. This is amazing because all these people, you know, when they came in, um, it was very customary that the people in Jerusalem would say, okay, you can stay at my place for free, here's some food, you know, just for this festival. When the festival's over, you're gone, you know. Um, don't stay any longer. And now you've got 3,000 extra people staying in Jerusalem, and uh, what's going to happen? There's kind of, you know, maybe you've heard, that, heard an old saying, Benjamin Franklin said, uh, fish and visitors stink after three days. And maybe you've experienced that, you know, maybe with your in-laws or something like, oh, no, I'm going to get in trouble after that. But, um, <clears throat> you know, but imagine 3,000 people, like in your neighborhood, and they're camped out on your lawns, or they're camped out on top of your roofs, and, uh, you know, they're living with you and stuff. So it's kind of maybe smelling like a garbage dump, you know. Um, but watch out with what these 3,000 new believers do. In verse 45, they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. So here's this church meeting together. They're finding out what's going on. Some of them probably barely had enough money to make it to Jerusalem for this festival. Some people probably had tons of money and could probably support you know, several dozen people. But they come together because they were committed to one another and to finding out more about Jesus. And they make this commitment to provide for one another, which is just unbelievable. And so let's look at the results of this unbelievable act in verse 46. They worshiped together at the temple each day. 
met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, and all the while praising God. And so because they came together, you know, they're able to say, here's 3,000 people, not one person could probably provide for all 3,000 people, but because they were so focused and intent on committing and devoting to one another that the church got stronger because they're doing the same things. They're continuing to meet. Now they're meeting in homes, so the church is getting stronger and stronger, and they're meeting longer and longer, and they're having more discussions and discussions, and they're finding out their answers and they're continuing to find out about God, and they're continuing to find out about one another. And so let's pick up uh, back in verse 47. All the while praising God and enjoying the good will of all the people. Now let's stop there. This is big. Like, this is big time, okay? So here's this new church that's continuing to meet together, and uh, they are, uh, you know, all, when it says, and enjoying the goodwill of all the people, it's talking about Jerusalem. So in Jerusalem is impressed with all these people. Like 3,000 of them are staying longer than this festival was supposed to last, and they're meeting together. They're impressed with their dedication and their commitment, and then they're probably overhearing some of the things that they're talking about. And they're getting more curious and more curious of why would these people be so kind to one another? Why would these people be meeting together so much? And um, so here's where that subplot kind of picks up, and uh, the one that we talked about. So all these people who are starting to think that they might be isolated from God, you know, maybe they're getting a little scared. They're really seeing this thing just kind of, you know, take off. And let's see what God kind of does to them. So continuing in verse 47, And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. And so this is just unbelievable. Here's all these believers who come together to make this commitment to one another, to not be isolated anymore. And God is meeting with them, and they're meeting with God. And all these people who are on the outskirts, who are isolated, who are just looking in and seeing what is going on, well, they start to believe the same thing. And they find out that God is not keeping them at a distance, but inviting them into community as well. Inviting them to enjoy the same thing that they're doing, to finding out more about him, to telling each other of their needs and what's going on in their lives and stuff. And so this um, event probably continued, you know, for several more days. But then all these visitors, uh, they take off. And they go back home, and they're probably in some groups and stuff, and they probably tell everybody there what happened. And we see people, uh, because of their devotion here, come more into understanding who God is and understanding who Jesus is. And they start to experience this community, not only in Jerusalem, but everywhere else. And they start to form these churches, and they start to continue to uh, know about each other's lives and continue to know about each other's needs. And for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, we all know this as the church. This is where the church began. If these people never came together and never committed, wow, would we be here today? Yeah, you know, this is an unbelievable thing. 2,000 years later. 
Sarah and I, before we came to Epic in January, we were involved at a church, and they had small groups because it's really hard to get to know everybody in this large gathering. And uh, so we would meet as uh, smaller groups of people uh, outside of the church. And uh, this group actually lasted for three years because we started as a group, and then we kind of split and brought more people in. And so then that second group kind of took off and everything. And some of these people we knew for like three years. And I don't know if you know our story, but um, Sarah and I, we've been married for 10 years, and um, we had a very tough journey in trying to have a child. And uh, Audrey is a result of a lot of prayer with all these people. They saw several of our miscarriages. They were there to comfort us when we were down. They were there to pray with us. They were there to encourage us. We didn't know what was going on. The doctors didn't have a good explanation or anything like that. But these people continued to meet with us. They were committed to us, and they continued to take us out to lunch, ask us how we're doing after a miscarriage, and um, we really felt God's love through them, and it was unbelievable, and it was amazing. And so when we got pregnant with Audrey, you know, we were just nervous. You know, I mean, you can imagine that all of a sudden you get pregnant again, and it's like, okay, what's going to happen, you know? And uh, God, you know, things were looking good, and everybody was taking steps with us and saying, hey, we're going to celebrate no matter what. And they were right. And, um, you know, the pregnancy went perfect, and we had Audrey. And after three years of being this, with this group, they got to see Audrey be born. And that was just a phenomenal time to be able to just um, celebrate with them, um, to see God answering prayers in our lives together, because these people were involved and they were committed with us. Yeah, we all came from different backgrounds, and we all had different personalities, but you know what? We committed to meeting together, and because of that commitment, um, we got to see something awesome happen with the birth of Audrey. Then there was another couple in the group, and uh, at the time, we didn't know this information, but um, they were really struggling with their marriage, and um, this couple uh, came. He, he just knew he needed to be in a small group, and uh, he said, I'm going to make a commitment to be in a small group. And we didn't know this information at, at the time. So he starts coming. She didn't really want to come. And uh, they start coming, and they start growing in their relationship with God. They start growing in their relationship together. Their marriage starts getting better. And then all of a sudden, they tell us what's been going on. And it's like, wow, let's pray for you. Let's check up on you. How are you doing and everything like that. And by the time of those three years that we were with that couple, I started meeting with him, and we started, you know, checking out scripture, and we started learning about God, and he encouraged me in my relationship with God, and I encouraged him in his relationship with God. By the end of those three years, this guy had grown so much that when we left to come down here, like, he took over the group. God had made him a leader, and God said, you know what, um, I want that guy to take over. And it was just unbelievable. It was unbelievable to watch the progress in their lives and to be with them during that whole time and to see how God is using their story and other people's life stories. Because all of a sudden that small group, uh, you know, th that we left, they have another couple who's struggling with their marriage. And they know how to talk to those people. They know how to just come in and say the right things at the right time uh, in those people's lives. And so it's just unbelievable because God has never, never intended for us to be in isolation. He's never desired for us to be separate from him. And I know that might be a new thought for you today, and that's okay. 
Like, that's kind of a tough thought because us Americans, we like to do everything independently and not be isolated or be isolated, we think, is the answer or something like that. But here's this new thought, and I wrote this down um, because I didn't want to mess it up. And so here's what God is trying to do in each of our lives. It says, God calls us from isolation. And when we make a commitment to each other in community, and so God calls us from isolation when we make a commitment to each other in community. And so that's our part. Like, he's done everything that he said, hey, this is what I want you to do. But we have to make that commitment to meeting with one another. He's always intended us to meet together and never by ourselves. And so um, one of the exciting things is maybe that you've been coming to Epic and uh, you've been checking out God and checking out Christianity and everything. And for some reason, you just know that this place is right. Like you know something's different. And uh, maybe it's because God is drawing you out from isolation. And then maybe some of you as believers, um, you've never known the importance of commitment. Yeah, we all have different backgrounds, but when you commit to being together, like God's going to do some great things in all of our lives. And so this G that we're talking about, gathering, like we want to make gathering the hallmark of epic. And um, the cool thing with that is because God wants us to come together, to commit to meeting together, in smaller groups, because there's no way that we can know um, everything that's going on with all of you. There's no way. But when you come together in a small group, in a, a group of community, people get to know you. People can pray for you. There will be hard times, and they can walk with you through those things. And it's just unbelievable what God will do in your life and other people's lives, and how God will grow your relationship with him and grow your relationship with other people. And it will be unbelievable what God will do in all of our lives together. And so um, today, we have been kind of holding back on like everything that we want to do as a church because we want to make sure that we do this right. And maybe you're familiar with one of the things that we've had here uh, called Starting Point. And uh, we wanted to start with Starting Point uh, as one of our ways to get into community because we all need to know the story of God. And so um, it's very important that we have that background to be able to know who he is, to be able to ask our questions about faith, to ask our questions that we have doubts about who he is or what he's done, and to find our place in his story and to say, okay, now I understand where I'm at. I understand who he is and I understand um, my story, and now I understand where they come together as well. And so starting point is just, if there is one thing that I would love for everyone, we want all of you to go through starting point, because it's only 10 weeks. It's 10 weeks where you check out the story of God, and you come together, and you're able to ask your questions in a small group of people, about 10 or 12 people, for 10 weeks. And it gives you this foundation and this thing that maybe you haven't been understanding of, okay, who is God and what's his story? And then something that we're rolling out new this fall is called Next Step. And um, we all have this uh, desire to know where we're going from, like, here to there, right? And when we don't know where we're going, like, we get really, really, really frustrated. And God does have us all on a journey. And, but what is that journey? And so Next Step is a place where you can find out what's this journey that God has us on. And um, that journey is that he wants us to become like Christ. Well, how does God do that? 
how does God make me to become like Christ? And uh, we want to explain that. We want to be able to explain that um, how do you interact with him and how do you interact with others? And so it's only seven weeks. And um, when you go to uh, starting point, then we want you to jump into next step. Makes sense, right? What's the next thing you want to do? Jump into next step. And there, you're going to have an opportunity to sign up for a long-term small group and really do life with people. And so when you go to Next Step, you'll be able to meet all these people who've just been through Starting Point, are familiar with God's story, have figured out some things, and then you're coming together, and you're talking about Next Step. And then from there, we're going to give you the opportunity to sign up for long-term small groups. And long-term small groups are basically, we want people to come together to be able to commit to meeting with one another in a small group of about 10 people for about a year and a half um, to two years and saying, we're going to commit to meeting together, finding out about your needs, my needs, praying for one another, continuing to encourage each other in our relationships with God and our relationships with others. And uh, it's going to be an awesome thing. It's going to be an awesome thing in the life of our church as we, con- as we learn how to be the church and not just do church, where it's not you're just showing up on Sunday, but now you're really being involved in other people's lives, which is just unbelievable and amazing. Because remember, God does not want us to be in isolation. He never intended that. And um, he's asking us, though, to make a commitment, a commitment to him and to others. And... um, One thing I want to leave you with, this one thought, I'm sorry, we're actually going to have um, a starting point uh, intro and a next step intro, September 26th. And so go online. All the information about starting point is uh, up there, so you can read more information. It's under the Involved tab on our website. But also go, and so if you haven't been to starting point, go to starting point. Um, If you've been to starting point, jump into next step. And so read about it, and there's a little form to fill out. That lets us know that you're coming September 26th, so we can know how many people are coming September 26th to find out more information about um, Starting Point and Next Step and get you signed up for those things. So um, what is God asking you to do? How does he want you to jump in? And I want to leave you with this one last thought. Um, You know that subplot, as we meet together and we make a commitment to him, There are a lot of people in Palm Coast who are isolated, right? You know their stories. You know where they're at. And um, we want people to be able to know uh, the love of God and the love of of each other. And we want them to come out from isolation. And God wants you to use you and your story to be able to do that as well. So check this out. And uh, it's about two minutes. So are you willing to take a risk? Are you willing to take a risk to commit to meeting with one another? And so I hope you make that choice today, and I hope you check out the websites and sign up and get involved uh, because God will change your life, and uh, it will be exciting to do that together. And so let me pray uh, for us, and uh, let's pray. Father, uh, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for um, what you're doing in our hearts. And Lord, you know that um, we don't want to be in isolation. And uh, Father, you never intended that. And so Lord, would you just continue to talk to our hearts? And Father, would we be willing to make that commitment to meet together 
And uh, Lord, this is just exciting. Thank you. Thank you so much for what you are going to do. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.